angels are basically light. They are thoughts of God. They are messengers of God. I had a ritual where I would walk into my living room every morning and I would just empty my mind of all my thoughts and I would say, God, use me as an instrument of your peace. And I would let my mind melt into the mind of God. Hello and welcome to Passion Harvest. I am Louisa, your host. Thank you so much for joining me wherever you are in the world right now. Our guest today is Stephanie Finn. She communicates with angels. Stephanie Finn is an ordained minister of A Course in Miracles, author, speaker and spiritual guide. This is her story and this is her passion. Stephanie so excited to have you on the show today. Welcome to Passion Harvest. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, it, it's it's my pleasure. Um, let's dive right in. I'm absolutely fascinated. For those of the audience that don't have the communication or aren't aware, what are angels? My understanding of angels is that angels are basically light. They are thoughts of God. They are messengers of God. And before this uh, happened to me, I had a ritual where I would walk into my living room every morning and I would just empty my mind of all my thoughts and I would say, God, use me as an instrument of your peace. And I would let my mind melt into the mind of God. And so I've always gone to God first. I've never asked an angel for help. I always go to God first, like I put my source first. And as a result, God sent me a team of angels and more besides. And I'm not attached to that. Uh, that's the other thing, you know, I think as a channeler, I'm not attached to anything. Like if this changed tomorrow, so be it. What do the angels feel like or look like? Well, I don't actually see angels with my physical eyes. I hear them in my mind, and more importantly and prominently, I experience them. So I experience their energy. I experience uh, their love. And so what that looks like for me is that I just go into a state of what I like to call deep listening, which is it's level one listening, which is level one in A Course in Miracles is uh, level one means pure metaphysical. So you are it's like God is and nothing else is. So it's before time and space. So you go into a state of very deep level one listening. And then what happens is a, a feeling of very strong love will come into my mind. Very gentle, very profound, very comforting and very relieving. And it's through that state that the angels begin to show up in my mind as words you know the love comes first and then the words follow and i've been told that the words are really a delivery system for the love you know so the words and the poems are a delivery system for the love <sighs> and it's a beautiful experience and i don't start uh writing anything down until i experience that love in my mind and the message that came to me from them to help me in this was just open up your mind 
and let us soar from our mind into yours. So there's only one mind. There's really only one mind in reality, but that's just their way of demonstrating how it works. You know, there's one mind, and so they soar from their part of that one mind into my part of that one mind. Essentially, we are all one consciousness. Yes. Now, that's a great comment. I'm going to bring that a little bit deeper. Yes, there is only one consciousness. Now, I'm going to get a little bit into the metaphysics of A Course in Miracles at this point. So there's only one consciousness, but consciousness is really the domain of the ego. That's what the A Course in Miracles teaches. Now, within that consciousness, there are levels. Consciousness is the receiving mechanism for higher or the lower. So within consciousness is the receiving mechanism for higher messages or for the lower messages of the ego. So we are all one. Yes, we are all one consciousness, but outside of consciousness, we are all one in the mind of God. So there's that two levels. Remember before when I mentioned about level one, you know, the level one listening, of course, the miracles teaches that there's two levels. There's level one and then there's level two. So level one is God is and nothing else is. This is perfect oneness in the mind of God. And then level two is consciousness, uh, um, thought, effect, you know, cause and effect, multiplicity, right? It's like from oneness came two-ness, and then from two-ness came multiplicity, and from multiplicity comes came chaos, which is a state that the world is in. <laughs> People talk about guardian angels. Does, do we all have angels around us? Uh, yes, we all have angels in our mind. I always like to think of it in terms of it's everything's happening in the mind. And when you begin to understand it from the context of mind, it shifts your idea about even what angels are and how to communicate with them. Because it's not like they're in form and we're communicating with them in form. It is that angels are in our mind and they're not even really concerned with form, although they understand where we are and they understand the condition that we are in. But they are here to help us heal our thoughts and heal our mind of our miscreant thoughts. What's your, your advice for those that wish to connect with guardian angels or angels or clear their thoughts? What is your advice right. to the listeners? Well, this watching. is a great question because we are very addicted to our thoughts. And we have to learn to actually invalidate our thoughts, our ego thoughts, in order to release them. Because as long as we believe that a lot of our thoughts that we're thinking are real thoughts with, you know, real consequences, we're not really going to be capable of releasing them. We have to really see them for the illusory nature that they are. Now, I'm not speaking here of the thoughts of God or our inspired thoughts and our angelic thoughts. I'm not speaking about those. But most of the thoughts we think in the run of a day are being fed to us from the egoic thought system. And so, like there's a stream of thoughts that come, right? Well, what if those thoughts are not your real thoughts? What if those thoughts are not your own? They're being fed to you by the ego. And so first of all, we have to recognize that because it's impossible to release thoughts that we believe are valid. So we have to, you know, even on some level, appreciate or accept the, 
um, idea that these thoughts are not my thoughts. And so now I'm going to be willing to try to release them. And the fastest way to release them is just to basically stop thinking. And I always say to people, don't put too much pressure on yourself in that regard, because it's very, very difficult and it takes a lot of mind training. So just take, for example, five minutes and sit, you know, quietly and just try it on for size and don't pressure yourself, right? Not to be putting all this sort of guilt, you know, on top of on top of it. So just try it. And if it doesn't work, that's fine. At least you sat still. But eventually, something will happen. And it's like all of a sudden, you won't be thinking as incessantly as you were. And you will notice a very subtle, yet very beautiful and loving presence in the mind that has come and kind of taken over, if you will, or, you know, presented itself to your mind. And eventually, when we practice this long enough and you know, uh, yeah, well, long enough, consistently, we begin to prefer that presence over the addictive nature of, you know, incessant thinking and the fears and the anxiety and the the ups and the downs of the ego. Because remember, the ego is not all negative. There's positive involved there, too. I and know it's hard. Look, gosh, I do it myself sometimes as well. Something happens, an event occurs, someone's mean to you, life breaks you down and you overthink and think and think and those thoughts are really hard to get rid of they're very hard and this is a great segue into forgiveness this is what forgiveness is for forgiveness is the number one word throughout a course in miracles it is the number one theme or the number one goal if you will of a course in miracles it is about a systematic um uh, process of mind training that's designed to release our egoic thinking. And I mean, it takes years. This is not just a book that you pick up and put down. This is a book that you work with your whole life because we don't really understand or recognize the enormous amount of resistance in the unconscious mind. Most of us really don't. We're not in touch with that. Because, you know, we're going around in our lives in survival mode, trying to survive, right? You know, that's just the way it goes. We're in the world, like in the Matrix movie, we're in the world that's made to keep us mindless. And we're just trying to survive through the day, kind of a thing. You know, that's what, that's what you know, many are like. And, but when a lot of us are waking up from that now. And that's brilliant. It's hard to say forgive for those that have done atrocious things or even hurtful things how yes. do we how do we let it go it's a great another great point and and no doubt it's unjust and unfair and all you can justify it with the ego as much as you like yes you can justify. and talk to all your friends about it and they'll agree with you <laughs> you make it real and you you sort of back up your justification you see this is this is what happens but somewhere deep, what you know, you just mentioned, how do we really, how do we forgive? Some on some point in everybody's journey, we get to the point where we just don't want to suffer anymore. And somewhere deep in our mind, we make a decision and we invite the Holy Spirit into our mind. And as soon as we do that, without skipping a beat, the Holy Spirit accepts the invitation. And begins to go to work with your mind 
to help you release your past and your future and all of it, the unconscious guilt, you know, I talked about earlier, you know, there's unconscious guilt buried deep in our mind that most of us are not in touch with because we don't want to be in touch with it because we would rather keep it concealed rather than exposed. We would rather conceal it than expose it. And so this is what this whole world is really kind of built around. You know, I should, you could even call it a thought system. It's what it's all built around. It's built on projecting our guilt outside of ourselves so that we don't have to take ownership of it and forgive it. And that's just a very sort of short story of what's happening, but that's ultimately the case. And so, yeah. And like, you know, me and we, and we can talk more about that as, as we go along, I'm sure we will touch a little maybe deeper on that, but we have to basically come to the point where we are willing to own our projections so if I'm placing guilt on a brother, it's for me to look at that, reverse that projection, bring it back to my mind and give it to the Holy Spirit to be reinterpreted by the higher part of my mind. Rather than, you know, and it takes time, it takes courage, it takes uh, mind training. And that's why I love A Course in Miracles. Now, I know I talk a lot about the course because that's kind that's my primary mode of study. But it's not for everyone, and there are thousands of roads to enlightenment. You know, and the Course says that. But the Course happens to be one of the fast tracks. And that's why, you know, a lot more people are doing it now, because it is a fast track to enlightenment. It really delves deep into what the actual problem is and what the actual solution is. So it's also taking responsibility for everything that we create our reality. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly so what I'm saying. Instead yes, of have... blaming externally, we need to look internally within us. You got it. And when you say taking responsibility, what that means is really is that we have to take responsibility for our script. So I'm talking about the script that we wrote with the ego before we came here into this world. We wrote a script, which is like the story of your life. So there's certain things in your life that are going to happen because it's all part of a predetermined script. So we, we take and, and we have to understand the motivation behind the script, which is to prove that I'm an innocent victim of a victimizing world. That's the motivation behind this script that I refer to. So with this that's the motivation. You see, the motivation is to prove that I'm an innocent victim and that the world is victimizing me. And remember before when I spoke about reversing that projection, that's the forgiveness process. So yes, we take responsibility for our script. And then what we do is we review our movie as it's playing out. And we learn to what well, we were mentally reviewing the movie and we are looking at it with a new interpretation. No longer am I the victim. But now I'm going to look at it with love because the Holy Spirit is starting to wake up in my mind. And remember before I said the Holy Spirit accepts the invitation you know, as soon as we ask and he will go to work helping us reinterpret what's happening in our lives rather than being stuck in the rut of, you know, poor me, I'm a victim, whatever, you know, whatever story. In, in relation to whatever story is playing. And I'm not saying that there are not horrific stories playing because I absolutely get that. But we have to understand that everything that happens to us 
is happening for the purpose of our awakening. It's happening for us. All things are working for the good, except in the ego's judgment. Also, essentially, when we recognize we're not victims, it offers us freedom. Right. It turns the tables immediately. It frees your mind. I'm not saying that it's easy after we accept that on some level, but at least we understand, you know, that I'm doing this. I put that movie character there in my play to do and act how he how he's doing and acting for the purpose of really now it's for the purpose not of me being a victim but of me waking up because this is where the endless cycle of birth and death comes from reincarnation it comes from repeatedly really not being able to rise to to forgiveness and then all these storylines these millions of storylines that play out they will just continue to repeat over and over and over again Again, with the, motiva the motivating principle being um, that I'm a victim of the world I see. So once we uh, recognize this is a story we've created and, and, and we're not a victim, then what? Are we meant to analyze the situation and how can I learn and grow from this once we've forgiven? It doesn't mean we have to still associate with the event or the person or the place that caused us. Uh, suffering is that correct you're absolutely correct you know loving has nothing to do with behavior um, this is a course in mind like in other words it's about healing the mind it's not about what we're doing but we can expect our life to change as a result of the healing of our mind you know benevolent things will begin to unfold uh, timelines will collapse so in other words um if you're repeating the same cycle over and over again, and you have very much learned to forgive, you know, or release that really what you're releasing are the feelings and beliefs behind the cycle, right? That's really what we're, we're really letting go of the false associations and the false beliefs that we have about ourselves in relation to the forgiveness lesson. Once we release it for good, the Holy Spirit can collapse timelines and remove future forgiveness lessons from our script because we don't need it anymore we have forgiven our forgiveness is complete and we will bypass and be moved forward in our script so it all happens in the mind but the but the, our life and body let's say responds to that mind so but we so we focus first and foremost on what's happening what's going on in the mind not what we're doing in the world as such you know, what we do in the world is really secondary to what's happening in the mind and always be noticing our thoughts and working on forgiving our thoughts. And you're never really forgiving someone outside of yourself. You're always really forgiving yourself. But you're looking at that person and using them as a symbolic representation to show me to myself. So it becomes a classroom, you know, rather than um, a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I want that collapsing of timelines. So just yeah. as an example for the audience, if someone has done a wrong deed to you, whatever the story may be, right. how, how would one process and work on that and evolve from that? Right. Well, okay, well, that's a great scenario we could talk about. Um, someone has done something wrong. You would. The first thing I would say is 
okay, let's just say that someone, you know, called you up and said that we're going to come and physically attack you in your house, you know, whatever, let's just use some type of scenario. So the first thing to understand is that that doesn't mean that you don't act normal in the world. So I may have to call, I may have to call the police, you know, or go down to the police station in order to put in a report, do that normal thing that you would normally do. And I may have to cut that person out of my life. I may have to kind of put that there and just say, look, this is it. This is a done deal. I just, that's it. We're, we're, we're not going to have any communication whatsoever. But then when I go to home and get into bed that night, I have to remember that ultimately I, my job is to love. So I have to do the forgiveness work in my mind with that person. Let's say that person in mind, I have to love that person ultimately in order in, to forgive is to love. And so somehow, and I can't do this on my own. That's the one thing to really understand about forgiveness. We can't do it on our own, in our own limited understanding. We have to be willing to call on the spirit, call on source, call on the angels, whatever you like to call on, you know, call on the higher part of your mind and say, and ask and say, you know, I need help. I need help forgiving because I can't do it on my own. It's really important to ask for help. Now, sometimes we're not going to be ready to forgive. You might not be able to come home and get in bed and do that right away because you're in fear. You're in rage. You know, you're in whatever. You're upset. You are absolutely, totally discombobulated by the whole event. So this is where we have to be very gentle. Don't expect everything to happen overnight. But at least somewhere back in my mind, I know that my job here ultimately is to forgive. And to start, you know, start taking the steps to make that happen, or at least have that desire there. Because remember, our desire for judgment or for holding grievances can be very strong in the mind. And many, you know, many people go through many lifetimes with the same grievances, and they're still not ready, you know, to, to begin the process of letting go. So, you know, we have to understand that these things take time. And remember that the People that you're meeting in this lifetime, and especially the ones that you're having relationships with or have a very deep connection to, you have been with them in many lifetimes. And so we don't even know what we're forgiving because there are many things that have happened in a multitude of timelines. And so when you do the forgiveness work in this lifetime, you know, in this moment, what happens is the Holy Spirit is beaming that forgiveness out into all of your timelines, into your past and future timelines. It's all being forgiven simultaneously. And you will feel the peace. That's why people say, you know, how do you know you're forgiven? Because you will feel a sense of peace in your mind. And peace, you know, in peace, there is an incredible sense of arrangement and perfection. I love that. Um, you mentioned asking for forgiveness, I am stuttering, and uh, connecting with the Holy Spirit and or angels. How, how does one ask? How does one pray? What are the words that we say? Right. That's good because I personally don't say any words. You know, I would suggest use words if they help you. But the words are just going to be for the purpose of focusing the mind into this moment and releasing your thoughts. It really comes down to the ability and the willingness to release my judgments and my emotions temporarily so that that will give room for the Holy Spirit to enter. And you will know the Spirit has entered because you will feel a sense of 
relaxation and comfort. And, you know, there will be a release in your mind. And I always say to practice, you know, over and over and over again. And if you're not successful today, you will be tomorrow. You know, it, it does take time and practice and not always. Sometimes it can happen very quickly. You spoke before about uh, channeling with the angels. For those that may be starting off to channel or would like to channel, what is your advice? I would say to um, to have no expectations as to how the Holy Spirit is going to use your mind. Simply open up your mind and just put the intention there, loving intention, um, and have a daily ritual of releasing your thoughts and entering into a state of deep stillness to the best of your ability. And the angels once said to me that it was in those moments that they, this is them speaking to me now. So they said, in those moments that you receded and opened up to our loveliness afoot, they were the moments that they could come in and register with my mind. And of course, there's other, there are other factors, you know, involved that I don't even know about. Uh, but one of them, you know, a friend of mine pointed out to me that one of the reasons that you were given this task was because the angels knew that you were going to act upon it. They knew that I would share the messages and I would go to the fullest extent in, in sharing. And of course, it was also my preparation with Course in Miracles and my consistent, you know, effort in doing the mind training for myself. And they work with your current understanding so whatever your metaphysical understanding is they will work with that and my experience has been they will not only work with your current understanding but they will accelerate your understanding so they will give you new and deeper understandings as well a lot of people say when they start to channel how do i know the words aren't just my own coming you know my own thoughts that i'm speaking or writing out what would right. you advise for that? You probably get asked this question all the time too. Not necessarily. No, there's some really great fresh questions that you're asking and they're very pertinent. You know, I think you're channeling yourself and just asking the questions. Um, but I would now just just get get me back on track here in terms of, oh yeah, so you're, you're asking, um, yeah, how do I know? That's an excellent, excellent question. Very important. And I just did a course in channeling last weekend and we talked about this. We, we spent a fair bit of time on discernment. Really what you're referring to is, to is discernment. So the first thing I'm going to do is just share a message that the angels gave to me to help you with your discernment and really keep you on track. And that is, don't falter now. Stay with us and discern what's ours from yours. And together we'll bring a rich white gleam to minds that join the course. In other words, just hang in there. And sometimes the ego will come in. Because remember, the ego is relentless. The ego is always immobilizing its forces against us. That's just the way the ego is. And it's going to get vicious when you are being most loving. You know, the ego gets vicious when you're being most loving. And But I won't get too deep into that right now, Why why that is. But so basically, we have to really be willing to go back to that central point within the mind, that stillness within, that you know, eye of the storm, and stay there until you are given the real thoughts. 
Remember earlier when I said angels are thoughts of God? So it's to really surrender and yield until you until you identify or you know those thoughts of God. And my question is to I know it's not my voice because it's totally startlingly different from what I would come up with. It is entirely new altogether. I never question that. And, you know, a channeler that's truly channeling will never, ever question it because it is so different from what they are. But at the same time, you know, like the angel said to me, they said, this is not a co-creation. It is a collaboration. So in other words, it's not like me coming up with these thoughts. It's them giving these thoughts to me, keeping in mind that there's only one mind and the angels are part of us. They're not separate from us. They're part of our higher mind. So it's not that, you know, like they're separate entities. So I just wanted to clarify that as well. Like the Holy Spirit is really our right mind. It's not something separate from us. It's like a long lost friend. Do the angels have any specific messages for us for this year ahead, 2023? Um, well, I did a channel, um, I think, in the beginning of January. I could read it, read it for you if you want me to. It's not very long. Let me just kind of see if I can get it up here now, not, not, not uh, interrupting the flow of what we're doing here now, but just let me see. All right, just, just a small one. I'll just read it. This came in actually December the 31st. So here it is. It says, a new year message from the mighty angels. Be a peacemaker this world has never known. Let every trial and shriveled dream catapult you into a new reconciliation. Marry truth with your experience. All your trials, misdeals, awkward moments, glimpses of light replaced with blindness have been used for the purpose of cultivating a larger light within there is nothing working against you. Your mind is now being used for the purpose of salvation. You will continue to inwardly build your guild of truth and outwardly bound your mind to every living thing. Your light will touch on even the tiniest snail. You have become God's prism house, and for this, you can be extremely grateful. We can feel your gratitude from here like a pocket of fireworks. And that was just one of like, there's probably five more, but uh, yeah, I oh, got that's, one. That's lovely. <laughs> yeah, that came right in on December 31st. And then, like you say, there's been several since that. There was one from the Palladians that came through about five days ago, which is very beautiful as well. Oh, would you like to share that with the audience? Yes, I will. And that'll just take me a second here now. Okay, okay so this one just came through about four days ago, and it says... Our starship is of gargantuan proportions. Our light codes are exceptional and will help you in the coming days. We do not waylay or dip down to see you, but rather you choose deeply to come to us. We are your brothers and sisters of the light spot. There will be many turnaround tactics for you now to comprehend, and they will work quickly and efficiently for you. Number one, so the number one turnaround tactic is cosmic caverns. There are cosmic caverns for your mind to enter into, so you can shake off stagnant energies. These will feel like shadowless galactic pockets where you will gladly go to be seized into the light. 
it will feel like transcending the world to put your mind at ease. And the second turnaround tactic is transcend. Transcend the need to know even one filament of information about anything. Exquisitely high levels of healing come from here. The majestic light cannot penetrate through your preconceived ideas about healing, for example. You must know nothing in order to receive the highest formulation of healing. And then the third turnaround tactic is faith. Think of yourself as a contributor of great faith onto this planet. A host of ideas will come from this faith and somehow create a shift in the whole mass of mind. Your bright knowing will heal bodies and collapse karmic debts in a heartbeat. Not that you are a miracle worker in the world, but bodies and all things in the world are affected by the gorgeous mind that is healed. And that's the end of that. We love you beyond your greatest imagination. That was great. So I know we, occasionally you channel the Palladians and Orion. Right. I won't keep you for too much longer, but for, for the audience, who are they? <laughs> you know, that's a really great question. I mean, I'm only going on my own sort of, you know, experience, but I know that the Palladians are, are I call, like to call them our space brothers. You know, they come from a very evolved society or star system and they are here to help us they're here to help us wake up um i've seen their ships like in my mind's eye just when i'm laying sort of reclined one day i just saw the gargantuan nature of their ship and i just feel the love i feel there's a very different nature uh, and sort of energy if you will between the palladians and the angels they all have different there are different imprints to most of you know the beings like there's you know in the angelic realm there are different um energies as well like there, it's there's there's a different frequency between archangel michael for example and when the mighty angels come to me as a collective voice so yeah and then the, when the palladians come in when they first came in at the very beginning i just i really felt the different nature of their message it, you, i could tell that there were many of them together speaking as one and just the the content was totally different it was really kind of startling but in a really beautiful way everyone has a different vibration or a different feeling for example yeah. and i right. love that you can discern the angels and the palladians right. as well, you've come to know them yes absolutely and like the angels in the very beginning for example they showed me the different they showed me their different personalities if you will one day I saw, like, I think it was Archangel Michael or Metatron. I'm still not really sure, but I heard his voice, a very powerful, deep, masculine voice. And then that came, sort of floated out. And then another angel came in and I could discern a very sort of a poetic, almost a gentlemanly type of personality. So, you know, I was just being shown that there are the, you know, the fluctuations between them, the differences between them. Well, that's so special. So... I guess I guess a couple more questions. Uh, so, what, what, why are we here? What, 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 what are, what's our purpose? Well, ultimately, our purpose is forgiveness. We have to, you know, in order to heal, we have to forgive. Uh, but the purpose that we are here, you know, when you don't, when you're not really questioning anything, the we're here in the world that's made to keep us mindless for the purpose of keeping us mindless. Because there's a very large 
part of humanity, as we know, that are here, they don't really know anything other than the life in front of them. And they are, you know, they're just here as, um, well, I guess you could say they're just here in the world that's made to, keep, made to keep them mindless. And somewhere deep in our mind, we know that there's more. Do you feel that that's a certain evolution of the soul? Some people people talk about it, some are in kindergarten, some are in high school. Right. And some people don't have the capacity to have that awareness. I agree that maybe not right now, they may not, but eventually we'll, we will all, you know, we are all being called. And there's uh, every mind has made a decision as to when that will happen. So this was my lifetime to really wake up as probably yours as well. You know, yes. there's something you might, and most mighty companions, I was given this It's not always easy. <laughs> I have to it's, never easy. it's never easy. You know, it's not about being easy because that no. brings me to my next point. The angels actually told me not that long ago that many of the mighty companions that you meet right now have written very difficult scripts in this lifetime because they've written them, you know, really for the purpose of waking up, to use them for their classroom to wake up in. Now, when I talk about difficult classrooms and difficult scripts, I'm not necessarily speaking of form. I'm speaking of content. So it's, you know, it's this is the lifetime that you're not going to let certain things slide by without really challenging that belief, for example. You know, you're going to you're going to acknowledge the unconscious guilt when it comes up and work on transforming it rather than just concealing it. You see, so yeah, I, I don't necessarily mean, because I mean, sometimes you see people's lives and you think they have great lives, but they're probably, you know, they could be going through something very profound in their mind. Mm. So when I say write, writing difficult scripts, I don't mean the nature of your life, the way it appears in the world. I mean that, I mean the, the content of what's happening in your mind. So the, almost the internal suffering, whatever the scenario might be and how we can overcome that. That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. Have the angels uh, shared with you or what are your thoughts on what happens when we die, when, when our physical body dies? Well, when we leave this body, we will basically start off where we left off. So all the forgiveness work that I've done and everything in this lifetime will come with me. All your loving thoughts are saved for you. So yes, so what I but what I you know from my understanding, what happens is you lay the body down and then the mind is freed and it's a very elated, very euphoric state. Uh, I feel that we might be in another type of body which is made of much lighter frequency, you know, when we leave this body. But we are basically, it's an experience in the mind. It's very liberating, very freeing. We have let the body go. Um, but what happens is if there is any remaining unconscious guilt and fear left in the mind, what happens is that mind will start to look for another body to go into, to then play out another incarnation and to mentally review another lifetime so that we can get about the business again of forgiving the unconscious guilt in the mind. And this is why, you know, it is of the utmost importance to do it, to get it done now, you know, to do what we can at this time to work with the clay in front of us 
and to really use it for a different purpose. Purpose is everything. What is it for? You know, to be always asking, what is this for? Well, it's for the healing. It's for our healing. Like the Course says, the healing of God's Son is all this world is for. It has no other purpose now. And it's the only purpose that it has for me now is, is healing and forgiveness. And it doesn't mean we can't enjoy life, because I'm going to tell you, once you begin this forgiveness path, you will enjoy life a lot more. You won't take things so seriously anymore. You, you know, you won't hold grievances. You, it doesn't mean you won't have ego thoughts, but you will have none that you will keep because you will really be going about the business of doing the releasing work because you will have made a decision deep in the mind that you want the peace of God. Gosh, it sounds so easy, so much easier to live like that. That's a great, great point. Mm. Right. Gosh, Stephanie, it's been so delightful to talk to you. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the Passion Harvest audience that I haven't asked you? Uh, you know, nothing comes to mind. I think we've really done a lot. I think we've covered a lot of ground. I think that th this is like a transmission that happened between us here today. It was a <laughs> filled conversation oh. and greatly appreciated. Oh, it's absolute, absolute pleasure. And thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest. Thank you for having me and keep up the good work. You too. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, Stephanie. Bye. If you liked this episode, please do subscribe for weekly passionate inspirational interviews.